Hey everyone, welcome to the Learn to Code With Me podcast. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford. In today's 10th episode, I have special guest Joshua Penman. Once upon a time, Joshua was in the music industry. However, he wanted a career change later in life. Very shortly after he decided to change directions, he found himself applying to coding boot camps. He ended up getting accepted into App Academy, one of the top coding boot camps in the United States. Today, Joshua is a software engineer at Asana. In our conversation today, we talk about a whole bunch of things, including his experience at App Academy to what it's like now working full-time as a software engineer. Show notes for this episode, plus a full transcript, can be found at learntocodewith.me forward slash 10. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, I'm here today with Joshua. Joshua, thanks so much for being here. Hey. Hey, so could you tell the audience a bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, So my name is Joshua Penman, and I work for Asana as a software engineer. Uh, My training was in music. I got a master's and doctorate in composition. I wrote music for small films and commercials, and I toured with an electronic classical band. I wrote music for orchestras all around the country and the world. But I never really wanted to be a music professor, and the touring life was really hard, and I was always kind of fascinated by computers. So... At various points, I thought to myself, I wonder what it would like be like to be a software engineer. And uh, amazingly, I have gotten to find out. Wow. So how long ago was it when you first began teaching yourself how to code, even if it was just a little bit online or something? Well, you know, it's it's been a slow burn for a long time. I mean, I did basic when I was a kid. And then I did some things using these like high level graphical um, interface languages, uh, Reactor and uh, Max for music applications. And then I started learning, you know, modern languages. I started with Ruby, uh, bits and bobs of it in the middle of 2014. Got it. So that's not too long ago when you began learning Ruby, but it sounds like you were doing other technical stuff before then. Yeah, well, electronic music is very technical. Oh, yeah, trust me. I, I, I'm learning that. As, <laughs> as I mentioned before we began recording, I actually found someone to help me uh, edit these because I got into some of these editors for the music editing, and I was just completely lost. It's definitely technical. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, a whole, it's, a, it's, it's its own whole rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. I, something I was not trying to crawl down. <laughs> yeah. uh, so as the audience uh, may not know, but of course I know, you went to App Academy. I did. So when was that again? So um, basically, I, I hit a kind of nadir in my life in late 2014. And uh, basically, uh, December 15th, 2014, I said, OK, I'm going to be a software engineer. December 16th, 2014, I got the uh, algorithm design manual and began reading. And I applied to coding boot camps. I read everything I could find on 
just the subject to just to get a state of the state of the world to understand like what's the environment like what are what are the platforms languages objects in this world that I ought to know about I already knew some ruby I began teaching myself javascript I got into all of them and ended up going to App Academy because they had an opening the soonest. Although, I mean, I think after after visiting some and reading more around, it seemed to me that the top of the line were really App Academy and Hack Reactor. And then between the two, it was definitely about timing. So, yeah, I built a, a little JavaScript app to uh, visualize some graph theory algorithms I was learning. So that was my introduction to JavaScript. And uh, then I went to App Academy. And how long is App Academy? App Academy is 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Okay. And I'm sorry, where is that based? It's in San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay, got it. And were you living there uh, before? No, I was actually living in Los Angeles. Okay. So you relocated there and then you got a job afterwards and you're still there in San Francisco. Correct. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, so you're there for 12 weeks, and then, I think I mentioned this, I was looking at your LinkedIn before the interview, you had another job right after App Academy, right? Before Asana? No. Oh, no. Okay, so you went straight to Asana? Yes. Okay, great, great. I really, um, and I love Asana, I think I already told you this, but I recently switched over to it uh, just in the beginning of 2016, it's been like a game changer for my productivity. That's awesome. Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. So, I, yeah, I was really excited when you said that you uh, worked there. So when you were at App Academy, did they have career resources? Like, did you begin applying to full-time jobs uh, while you were still there? Yeah, to some degree. They encouraged us to apply to a lot of jobs uh, while we were there. It was part of the curriculum. And, and the way App Academy works is that there isn't really there isn't really a, a sharp close of the program. It's kind of, there. there's a, a bunch of curriculum and then the end kind of peters out because there's actually some more lectures on algorithms that you can go to after the so-called end. And there's still resources that you can access uh, to help you find jobs. And you're still able to come into the office after the so-called end of the program. So it's really you know, as they like to say it, it's, it, it ends when you get a job. Um, so they, it was definitely a, a very supportive environment for just coming in every day and working on the job of getting a job. Mm-hmm. And I know App Academy is one of the programs where you don't pay for the program up front. Instead, they take a percentage of your salary, Correct. Correct. Okay, cool. And was that something you were looking for when you were applying to uh, different boot camps? Well, first of all, I want to say they do take a deposit, okay. which is non-trivial, but it's not, I mean, it, it's $5,000. So it's there's definitely an upfront cost, but it's not like the upfront cost of some of the other places. You know, to be honest, when I started the whole process, I saw the statistics for uh, acceptance rates for all these programs, and I didn't believe it. And so I really liked that App Academy literally put their money where their mouth was. And they weren't making money unless people were getting jobs. So it's not something that was the game changer for me, but it was definitely something that made me believe that they were really serious about what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think it's really nice that 
coding boot camps offer that. And it seems like there are more and more that are doing something like that or offering offering different payment options aside from just paying the huge chunk up front. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to transition a little to um, the interview process at Asana. Could you give like a little glimpse of what that was like? Sure. Now, the first step actually is what we call a recruiter screen, which is just a conversation with a recruiter to get a sense of where the candidate is in terms of their thought process, in terms of their interview status, where they are in relation to looking at other companies, uh, what they're looking for. It's a very soft screen. Nobody really kind of gets cut off at the recruiter phone call. Um, there is a recruiter, recruiter screen, I guess that's different, uh, where that's where recruiters will look at people's resumes and decide whether or not to go to the next step. But anyway, I had the first recruiter call. Um, after that, there's a coding challenge. I did the coding challenge. After that, there is a phone screen. And after the phone screen, it's about an hour-long phone screen. Um, after the phone screen, there's an on-site. And the on-site lasts for four or five hours. One comes into Asana, uh, get, talks about some technical questions, has lunch. I mean, I think with boot camp grads, they, they do a deep dive into the projects that someone has done. Talk about your projects, you answer some interview questions, you do a little bit of coding, talk about the code that you wrote, and uh, that's about it. Yeah, so basically uh, the recruiter screen, which is kind of like the initial thing, and then there's a coding challenge, which I assume is online. Yeah. And then you do a phone screen, which is about an hour, and then if you kind of make it past that point, you're pretty much there for like a full day on site. Yeah, sometimes we split people up and have them do on-sites in two, uh, in two pieces, and sometimes we do the full day at once. Cool, cool. So I kind of want to backtrack just a bit. I should have maybe asked this before, but I'm just curious about like how you even got to the recruiting screen or the coding challenge. Did you apply for the job online, or did you maybe meet someone at a networking event that worked there? What was that kind of like? So it's different for me than it is for uh, has been for other people. I would like for us to very much be open to anybody who applies to jobs at Asana or who meets me or whatever. However, I actually had a friend from college who referred me. Okay. No, that's that's good. I mean, I think most actually, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I know that the likelihood of you actually getting at the job or an interview is significantly higher when you are being referred by someone who already works there just because there's that trust already, you know? Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that's a great way for people to go about getting a position somewhere, you know, through someone they know. So I, I totally believe that. The one thing I would say is I am very, and maybe this is just sort of uh, an after effect of my time in the music industry, but I am very wary of so-called networking events. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like a very effective way to do things. I think career fairs can be good. I was just going to say, like, I don't really like networking events personally, and I know a lot of other people don't, but to some of the people I've spoken to uh, since doing these interviews and just in general the best jobs I feel like people get when they get these really great opportunities are through people that they know. But when they meet them, it's not like, oh, hey, we're at a networking event. It's more like natural. Yep. It's like maybe yep. they volunteered together an organization or maybe like you, you know, you guys went to college together or maybe, uh, for instance, I go to a co-working space and there's a lot of 
you know, people that I meet here so I can get, or sometimes, you know, that may lead to projects, but it's never like, oh, I'm at a happy hour handing out business cards, you know? Exactly. That doesn't go. Yeah. Uh, But a friend of a, you know, I met a wonderful, like, ex-neighbor of my stepfather's cousin who worked at Google. (laughs) Sorry, that's so distant. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's you never know. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. And in fact, he was going to refer to me to Google. In fact, I got a referral to Google through App Academy. So I didn't actually need his referral, but I had a very nice meeting with him. He had tea with me. He was ready to put me in as a referral. And that kind of thing really works. But it has to be from this personal standpoint, because if you're at one of these places where everybody's giving out business cards, it's so kind of removed from the human that it's very hard for it to turn into something that is kind of workable. That said, there are moments such as career fairs at boot camps or similar where it's a very, or at, at colleges where like we send people and set up a table and that's a very serious and real way to meet people at a company. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it's not a referral as much as you're, you know, you are just meeting this person and saying, you know, I'm interested and they get to talk to you and, you know, put you into the system. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I don't even go. To, I think I did go do some career fairs in college, but for me, nothing ever came out of those. But I imagine if you're doing it through the boot camp, it's quite different. You know, when I was in college, I also had no idea what I wanted to do. So <laughs> a career fair maybe isn't always the best, the best thing that I kind of had to have a better idea of what I wanted to do. But yeah, I really like that story though about the stepdad. What was it? The stepdad's neighbor's cousin? No, stepdad's cousin's neighbor. Stepdad's cousin's neighbor who worked at Google. And then that, and then, yeah, I, I love that though, because I think these are the kinds of things that you should be looking out for when you're looking for a, a job, especially at a company like Google. It's like these uh, third degree or even maybe fourth degree connections are kind of distant, but you can uh, you can make them work. You, you can, although I want to acknowledge right now that that is like definitely a form of privilege because not everybody moves in social circles where that's going to be likely. It's, it's something that I'm glad I had. Uh, that said, I know other people who I probably could have gotten a referral in another way. And I know other people who have gone straight in the front door, but it 100% helped. Yeah, no, you're definitely right about it It kind of being privileged in some ways, because not everyone's going to have those resources. And you were living in, you said, Los Angeles before you then were living in San Francisco, which are both, you know, bigger areas. I live in Boston right now, which is also a bigger area. And I feel like when you live in these kind of cities, there are, since there's more people, there's more of these, you know, na- you know cousin, you know, neighbor, cousin, Kind, yeah. of, kind of relations. And then I know there are people that live in less populated areas and then it may not be at, um, the case so much for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, transitioning a bit, I saw again on your LinkedIn that you had a handful of projects. Uh, one was the Twitter sphere. So mm-hmm. did those projects, uh, actually, did, were you building those when you were at App Academy? So um, I have three projects that I considered part of my portfolio. And one before I went there, which was Graph Playground, which was uh, what I talked about, the interactive exploration of graph theory. Um, one, uh, the Twitter sphere, I did build on the side during App Academy. There's Clixer, which was my final project for App Academy. And 
with all of them, I was really trying to build not just the an easy thing that used the tools that we were taught, but something that was really impressive that showed that I learned to do something. I solved a bunch of technical challenges and, you know, have something that really looks good and is demonstrative of a certain kind of technical skill to show employers. Yes. So when you were uh, interviewing at Asana, then did you talk a lot about the projects that you built? Yeah, there was one section where I had a, uh, we had a moment to talk about projects. So like, you know, what are some technical challenges you overcame? And that's a classic interview question. And one should be able to have a few good stories to tell. You know, the, the, the questions that one is always, you have to be able to answer for interviews is, especially as a boot camp grad, wow, so you've had an interesting journey. So tell me a bit about yourself. You can't stumble there. You need to have the story. And I, I, by the time I was at Asana, I'd done so many on-sites. I had it down. I had all the beats, all the like moments, the, the surprise transition. I had it all set. And, you know, it, in a sense, it's a performance, but it's a performance you know you're going to give. And it's, it's, it's a performance that isn't a lie. It's a performance that, if you rehearse it, is, actually makes it effective for them to understand who you are. Similarly, you know, how, what's a good example of a technical problem that you solved recently? That's a great way to demonstrate your thinking, demonstrate, you know, that what you did was hard. Uh, one of my favorite examples that I used to give was how I dealt with the problem of the um, incredible jankiness that was caused in the Twitter sphere when I was first calling to 3JS to generate 3D meshes for every letter to display these Twitter messages, tweets, uh, Twitter messages. I, I, I really am of this century. I, I do know they're called. <laughs> no problem. I, I think, I think what we're talking about, the side projects and referencing them during, during yeah. interviews. But I thought of something I didn't even realize uh, when you began talking. How many on-site interviews did you do then before you got to Asana? You know, I remember that I had two straight weeks of on-sites. Oh, wow. You can never tell when you're going to get, you know, every company works on a different schedule, but it happened to line up that, yeah, I had a bunch of them straight in a row. And Asana was fairly at the end. So I will say that it was my eighth or something like that. Okay, cool. So that definitely gave you a lot of practice then um, oh, leading yeah. up to it. And we also practiced a lot at App Academy. I had done so many problems on the whiteboard before I stood in front of a whiteboard at an interview. Mm, that's good. Did they also go over like the soft interview questions or the behavioral interview questions, I guess they would be called? They did to a degree. Uh, not hugely, but yeah, we talked about them. Got it. Got it. So you've been, you know, a software engineer at Asana. And has there been anything that you've learned since you started working there that you just didn't expect? Like maybe it's something you didn't learn before at the coding boot camp or in your own studies? Absolutely. I mean, the whole nature of what I do here was only barely touched at at a boot camp. Boot camps don't prepare you to actually do this job. They prepare you to get to a point where you're almost barely possibly showing that you have potential to learn this job. But there's been enormous amount of on-the-job learning every day. I have learned more here than I did at the boot camp from everything like how to really write well-maintainable, extensible code to how to think about 
infrastructure to, I mean, anything in the command line. We barely touched, you know, real Unix utilities. Just ways of thinking like a much more abstract level about systems and state and really what it means to architect production code. And have you kept in touch with anyone from App Academy? Yeah, there's a group of us who uh, send each other Facebook messages every now and again, get together sometimes. That's 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 nice. And I just I'm just curious, has anyone else kind of said similar? Like, whoa, like you're there writing enterprise, you know, software, and it's just kind of like, I don't know, night and day, or this huge jump, like once again. I think a lot of people felt that way, but not everybody. I mean, I think that different different of us got different jobs. I mean, some people got jobs doing a static site for Lumosity, for example, and that's more or less kind of what you learn at the boot camp. A lot of people got less high-level jobs than I did, so I think it was less of a stretch, but there's a huge chunk where we all feel like, you know, we dropped to the deep end and we've had to learn to swim. Mm-hmm. Okay, so final question. If there's a person who has no technical experience whatsoever, but they want a job as a software engineer, what is one thing that they could do today to take a step in the right direction? I think that all the things that I did, uh, I would recommend that someone else do. The boot camp honestly isn't necessary. What, What it does do is it provides a focus and a safe space for spending a lot of time coding. And it picks out subjects that one might not necessarily realize are the foundations of being a software engineer. If one understands those, what those subjects are, you know, the resources are out there. There are books out there. I, I personally very much dislike the Code Academy style teaching things. I think there's a lot more value in reading documentation and just trying to build something. And I think if I had any advice, it would be just like try to build something. And it's unbelievably frustrating at the beginning because you don't know how to do thing one. But wanting to build something and wanting to see something manifest will pull you through the frustration. And you know, you'll read a hundred Stack Overflow articles and hundred bits of MDN and start to get a sense of how this stuff is put together. So just Going through it and starting to understand like what good code looks like and what good code feels like is it's it's kind of a journey. And before you get there, you just sort of have to write a bunch of bad code and write a bunch of things that just kind of hack together and get something to work. Specifically, if one wants to be a professional software engineer, one also has to really understand algorithms. It's part of the interview process. It's part of the set of things that we have just decided that we want people to know, even though they don't really come up that much. I mean, nobody is dealing with a binary search tree on a daily basis, but there is probably a significant correlation between understanding these basic abstract data structures and being able to write good production code or being able to learn to write good production code. So I think the Algorithm Design Manual is an amazing resource. I recommend it highly. I loved it. And, you know, starting to read that, starting to learn to build things, JavaScript, you know, the basics, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, you know, just getting oneself to the point where one understands these things. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that seems, sounds easy. It's not easy at all. 
but it is available. And uh, the amazing thing is that there are resources for all of it. Well, thank you so much, Joshua, for talking with me today. And finally, where can people find you online? You, you can email me if anybody is interested. Uh, I'm available at joshua at asana.com. Very easy. Okay, cool. Thank you. And thank you for making yourself so accessible. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. Again, the show notes for this episode plus a full transcript can be found at learntocodewith.me forward slash 10. In today's show, Joshua and I talked about getting a job in the tech industry. And I believe that one of the best ways to get your foot in the door for an interview is by being on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the professional network. If you're not on it, you're making a big mistake. That's why I created my five-day LinkedIn crash course. This crash course will show you the basics of getting your LinkedIn profile set up, how to write a standout headline, summary, and experience section, and what recruiters and hiring managers look for on your LinkedIn profile. You can get the crash course at learntocodewith.me forward slash LinkedIn book. Again, that's learntocodewith.me forward slash LinkedIn book. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you next time. Thank you.